We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here's the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face. Mark Grody. I call him a maniac. Mania. Covering the Bears for 670 the score. You had to overcome the mystique. It was almost like an odor. He exuded a kind of a presence. Sideline reporter for Bears Radio, WBBM. His whole damn life was football. Wasn't driving a pretty car. Wasn't going to the local bar and pounding your chest, I'm the greatest. It was the opposite. Mark Grody. He was Moby Dick in a goldfish bowl. Mark Grody with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. He is Moby Ditka, and he's our man in Indianapolis, having thoroughly redeemed himself with a full day's work yesterday. <laughs> so much work. I, right? I mean, everywhere you look. I mean, he's just showing off at this point. And he's got more today. Grody, what's going on at the Underwear Olympics down there in Indy? <laughs> Two straight days of long work days for me. Yeah, I've come a long way since our first report from earlier this week. And uh, this one and one more to go tomorrow. But today actually was a bit of a slower day at the Combine. And that really just is based on interest because today was special teams day. There is not nearly the interest and the uh, excitement for the place kickers and the punters and guys like that. So they talked today, but we did have secondary today. We had safeties and uh, cornerbacks, and there happened to be, there definitely happens to be a local flavor about it, and that is the Illini guys, starting with cornerback uh, Devin Witherspoon, who a lot of people have at number one, on their board, he very well could be the first cornerback to come off the board in the draft. Uh, the Illini guy, uh, six feet tall, 180 pounds, and, and uh, he's an interesting dude. And let's take a listen to what he has to say. You're bragging about yourself. Describe yourself as a cornerback. Uh, I typically don't do things like that, though. But um, I just know I'm saying I'm confident. Um, I'm physical. I love the game of football. I'm smart. I love to study. Um, just try to get edge on my opponent. I'm just energetic, just very passionate about what I do. Is there some pride with you and Sidney Brown in the secondary showing up here? What does that feel like? It's an unreal feeling for all of us because um, so, we've been playing with each other basically all our career. Um, knowing, knowing that what we went through and knowing how we came out on top this year, just feel good. Just, just know that we're here. What do you think of the story of the twins, of Sydney and Chase running around here together? <laughs> nah, that story is going to be fire, man. Um, just know, knowing those guys and playing on the same team as them, you can just understand the things that they've been through and 
just how they approach the game of football themselves. They're just they're just a real great, good, great group of guys. You the best cornerback? Yeah, I'm the best cornerback in the tribe. Hi. Boom! <laughs> Look at you, Grody, going for the headline question. <laughs> You're killing it! He didn't hesitate. I mean, there's two answers to that. It's, yes, I'm the best cornerback in the draft, or... That's up to you all. Oh yeah. <laughs> Usually it's one of those two yep. answers at the combine. He's the first person I asked that of any of the positions because I in past years I have asked that question and usually it's one of those two answers and he is he's very confident in himself man and he should be yeah we call that the parkins tim anderson question <laughs> is is what we call that um, you know what though that at that position. Every single one of them probably feels that way, and they need to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely learned that, that, you know, wide receivers and cornerbacks, if you ask them about themselves, they will tell you about themselves, and they will tell you that they are supremely confident that there is nobody better than them. And uh, Devin Witherspoon fell into that, that category. And it's, it's far uh, chance that he would actually land with the Bears. That's what really, I was just really, going to say. It, yeah. it, I, I don't think, even if they trade down, and even though I think it's arguably the second most premium position in the sport and the idea of you can't have too many good corners, if they're drafting defense, their defensive line in front seven was so bad. I know. And they got out pass rushed, like their sack discrepancy was so lopsided. It would be Almost impossible for me to see them taking the top cornerback in this draft. Maybe the top cornerback, but maybe not the second or the third cornerback or even the fourth cornerback, depending on how many picks they get in the top 50. Because, look, I'm with you. Matty Raflu said yeah, we, if, that he felt really good about the secondary and they got to get some front seven. He said that the other day, and it, it seems likely. But if they end up with four to five picks in the top 50 by a double trade down or whatever like that, I could see them using one on corner because of the importance of the position. Yeah, it's a valuable position. No question about it. It, just, I, it. People always say best available at a position of need. One other thing. I just saw this uh, tweeted out and retweeted it from uh, um, from Brett Coleman, but he says this is the best edge rushing class since 2011. Like every one of those guys is a freak. If they feel great about the third, fourth, and fifth edge rusher guy, yeah. then maybe you take the great corner because you know and you secretly believe your third, fourth, or fifth edge rusher guy is going to be as much of a stud as anybody. He said to Mark Grody, <laughs> hoping that Mark Grody would react and engage. There it is. Sorry, guys. You're good. A little- had a little plug issue right right there. I, I did hear you talking about the the defensive ends, and if yeah, if it does sprout that way, and there are cornerbacks available, it would be an upset if they were able to get him. But I'm looking at the you know the Bears roster right now and what they have. It's serviceable, assuming that Kyler Gordon takes the next step. That right. that he that he. You know, and, and we're still not sure where Kyler Gordon is. Is Kyler Gordon a guy who's going to end up in the slot? Is he going to be on the outside permanently? And I know that he did both this year, and some of it was out of necessity. But I'd like to think that you have Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon locked in, or at least that's the blueprint or the idea. Kendall Vildor, while okay, um, had a better year than a lot of people thought that he would have last year. You know, that's an expendable guy right there. I mean, there there is room for sure. Absolutely. And again, it is a premium position. Uh, other local kids that you talked to today? 
Yeah, there was uh, one other Illini guy, as a matter of fact. It's weird because they got a corner and they got a safety. Both might be the best at their position. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a really interesting story, too. You heard or you may have heard Devin Witherspoon and you know some of the questions that I had asked about Sidney Brown and his twin brother, Chase Brown. So you have twins on the Illini, Sidney Brown being the, the safety and Chase Brown being one of the best running backs in the draft as well. So a lot of the talk and what you're about to hear from Sidney Brown of Illinois is about that. It's cool. It's cool. But I said like this, we're not doing anything more than what we're supposed to. I mean, we're going to both go to the NFL. Um, so it's going to be cool, but I mean, it's something, it was a childhood dream of ours growing up and just to kind of finish it off like this and just build on it. I mean, getting to the NFL is one thing and maintaining is another. So just getting there and really establishing ourselves is what we're looking forward to doing. Yeah, so we grew up fighting, boxing, uh, some MMA, wrestling. Uh, we grew up doing that along with track. That was something that we did growing up. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's like that's funny you said. Yeah, we did a little bit some figure skating here. And then my mom from my mom. I know that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, but my mom threw the skates on us, the, the toe picks and all that. It was crazy. You got, you got seven-year-old boys in toe picks. It's not not a good look. I mean, I was doing some spins, but nothing. I mean, I I, I stopped before it got too serious. To be honest. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess I should have told you guys before that he start he he grew up. In Canada, or the, the twins did, and a couple couple of things that you should know. I grew up in London, Ontario. Um, the the Brown twins moved to an estimated twenty homes and shelters with their mom and younger sister before the age of sixteen. Wow. Their, their mom, Rachel Brown, was eighteen when she had the twins, so she needed some help and things were not ideal. But these both of these guys are about as level headed as you can imagine and happy as can be. But this has been a you talk about a non conventional path to the NFL. That's it right there. That's a great story, man. And that's the type of thing that uh you know Sometimes we called it uh, tragedy porn or, you know, like the the stories can be exploited or whatever, but those are the stories that are going to get told and celebrated and the whole thing uh, come draft week. Yeah, it'd be fun if he gets here because then you'd have a figure skater and a ballet dancer in the the back five um, for the Bears secondary. That's incredible. They were the first twins to play in the Senior Bowl, expected to become just the sixth set of twins to be taken in the same draft over the past 40 years. Oh, wow. Now you're and they're identical. They are of the identical twin type. I'm going to have to go and research some NFL twins. Go ahead. Move along. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> All right. Get your twins. Um, let's go to Rick Spielman. I, I bumped into him a couple hours ago. Of course, the longtime Minnesota Vikings general manager, and I wanted to talk to him about quarterbacks. Who do you think is the best quarterback prospect in this draft oh i think uh it in my opinion right now it's bryce young i understand the size issue but i think he's an exception to the rule um i've had an opportunity to see him play live twice this year and it was just incredible on his moxie his savvy for the position for a shorter quarterback i've never really seen him get any balls batted at the line of scrimmage he's an anticipatory thrower i was at the uh Sugar Bowl, and I was standing there in the back of the uh, end zone, and the throw he made there and how he sees downfield, even though he's short, is just something that's unique. And I think if he was 6'2", 210 pounds, 
he would be a generational type quarterback. But I think because of the size, uh, I think people are going to be concerned about his durability and can he stay healthy, especially if he's getting hit. Do you think that Bryce Young is a better prospect than Justin Fields was coming out of college? I just think um, Justin Fields uh, was a special athlete. I think that uh, Ryan Day in that Ohio State program did a great job with him and utilizing all his strengths. I think that Justin Fields has such a high ceiling, and he hasn't reached that his full potential yet, and that will continue to come uh, because he's just such an unbelievable athlete and the speed that you've seen on the field this year. Uh, but I think Bryce Young, uh, like I said, is a quarterback. If he gets in the right situation, uh, can be, a, be an excellent quarterback in this league. That's good stuff, Mark Grody. Um, he dallied before answering, yes, Bryce Young is a better prospect than Justin yep. Fields was. And That's the, how I heard it, too. Yeah, and, and, and the first part of it is really interesting because, um, it, it, look, if he says he's an anticipatory thrower, which is the thing we've heard that Fields needs to work on, if he says that he's special and he doesn't get the the balls batted down, then maybe there still is a chance that he's the undisputed, obvious number one, and it works in the Bears' favor. It's amazing how many people that I've talked to at the Combine 2 speaks have been rejuvenated. I guess I guess we've all sort of been rejuvenated by the year that Justin Fields had after his rookie season under Matt Nagy. And, you know, there were guys that that had did not like Justin Fields as a as a pro like Chris Sims, who I was talking to, did not like Justin Fields as a prospect, did not think he was going to be worth anything. And he has completely flipped uh, based on what he did last year, because he said, you know, we're all breathless over the idea. OK, the running is great. The running is great. But you got to learn how to pass. A lot of these NFL guys that I'm talking to are like, oh, man, no, 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 no. That's a super special thing he's got going on you add some passing to that and this guy is going to be good to great um as well like he doesn't have to be a special passer to end up being a special quarterback in this league because of that ability to do what he does with his feet yeah it's um I don't know if I agree completely. I mean, Parkins, I, yeah. I want I want to see the dude fling the ball down the field right. still, but it does feel better talking to multiple NFL people here, including you know Rick Spielman, that this is this is a guy who who reopened everybody's eyes based on his legs, and that you know he, that he might be one of the best running quarterbacks we've ever seen. Period. Yeah, and then his, but it's just funny. He's one of the best running quarterbacks we've ever seen, and he doesn't want to be a running quarterback. Exactly. So I mean, so he's got. Gotta, he's got to show that he can be the the passer that he believes himself to be because he was running out of necessity and as like the changeup and it became the fastball. So it's uh, obviously the biggest story, and I agree that uh, they're obviously going to go forward with Fields. But uh, you you were basically talking to other people about Fields, even if you weren't talking to quarterbacks today right Grody yeah exactly I mean that's the the number one time I and mean, I'm asking about the prospects and who these guys think is the best QB and and you know the consensus has been Bryce Young very little deviation from the people I've spoken to but then yeah yeah of course I'm asking about Justin Fields and you know the, these people that I talk to they know I'm from Chicago so sometimes I do wonder if they occasionally will say things that they know I they think I might want to hear or Chicago 
Chicago fans might want to hear, but I do feel like there's been genuine responses in, yeah, last year revived the whole thought process on Justin Fields. And I think some of these these guys I talked to are like, yeah, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the prototype quarterback in this NFL, and I think a lot of GMs would love to work with him. That makes sense. And so who did you talk to? I saw you saw talk to uh, some Ohio State kids about him. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We t- this one, I played this one earlier for Lawrence, but I thought okay. it, was worth, it was worth a repeat here. Um, Your yeah, listeners Ohio- change every 15 minutes. Exactly. It's been five hours. And I thought this was the most fascinating cut of the day, maybe. Ohio State cornerback uh, Cam Brown does know Justin Fields, obviously. They played together with the Buckeyes. And it starts with that he was asked about all the stuff with, you know, the trade talk of Justin Fields and how committed the Bears might or might not be to him. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they believe in Justin, and I believe he's a great player. So that's, that would be, a, I would say, a mistake, but I just don't believe that they'll do that. What do you think of him and what he's done for <clears throat> I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be it. okay. Uh, he did. He had. He had a great. He had a great season. I mean, he has. He's a great player. I mean, but uh, he can. He need. Mm. <laughs> he needs help. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to say that he needs help. Didn't want to yeah. say that the team sucked and Justin did not. That's adorable. That is adorable. He's got, he's got, he's got his guys back. Yeah, we're, we're aware. It's okay. Yeah, just saying. We know you don't want to screw up out here, kid. But in you know that, I I always like to think that maybe he's spoken to Justin Fields, and that that's what Fields is really saying as he's sitting in Lake Forest. Yeah. He's like these these guys better get me something. And, you know, obviously Justin Fields played the good sh- the good soldier throughout the year and didn't you know throw his guys under the bus. But there had to have been some times where Justin Fields was like, "Come on, man, I need somebody who can you know." run a good route and make life a little easier for me so I don't, have, I don't have to keep on running. Hey, Mark, have you had a chance to go by the Bears suite where they're interviewing players and see the setup for the putt-putt golf and the darts? <laughs> I have not. They oh, don't let us in there. But man. That's, that's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, some of the players are talking about that as well, uh, that, that they want to measure your your competitive spirit. And I'm sure that it's not taken that seriously. And just loosen them up. They want to loosen them up and get them chatty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in here. And uh, I, I would love to see the room. Um, and you know that we will be asking Ryan Poles about that when next we get to speak to him. Is there a – you don't do a combine recap with him, right? Is it, it'll, it'll be a while? No, it'll be a while. Yeah, it'll be the, the draft. So oh, you know, okay. we're talking, yeah, the you know April whatever twenty seventh. I guess we we run promos or, for it like every two or three minutes. Right? Or Groats when he sits yeah. down to announce big free agent signings or a trade of some kind. Ooh yeah, it's possible. Man. Absolutely yeah, it's coming, coming um, soon. Free agency here. March fifteenth. Yeah. I have your, yeah. your I have your five sets of twins drafted in the same draft. Oh, I knew you'd come up with it, Speak. Uh, Bring it, Khalil and Carlos Davis in twenty oh, twenty. Okay. Okay. Um, not Khalil Mack and his and his brother. <laughs> yeah, that's um, what I was going Paul for, and Pat McQuiston in two thousand six. Pat McQuiston. Ronde and Tiki Barber in nineteen ninety seven. There you go. And that's a good cop running back. And uh, was he was Tiki corner a uh, corner corner? Yep. Yeah. Ronde, Ker- I mean. Kerry and Keith Cash in nineteen ninety one. 
Uh, and then this one, I know, offensive lineman Reggie and Raleigh McKenzie in 1985. Mm, not okay. the Pounceys, not the McCordys, not so, some of those other brother combos. Yeah. So the yeah the McCordys are not are not twins. Not or they twins. were born uh, or they're different drafts. I, I I believe they're not twins. Uh, I but thought, I, I'm pretty sure they're twins. Okay, well, are maybe, they maybe are they fraternal twins? Maybe maybe one was well, uh, that's, undrafted. Yeah, or or one played three years of college, one played four years right, of college. Right. I, yeah, so you you could be a twin and get drafted in a different year, but I'm positive the McCordys are twins. They are indeed twins. Okay, they yeah, are indeed yeah, twins. Yeah. Oh, two more: uh, Justin Morneau and Joe Mauer were also drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, twins. Sorry, Sorry Tanny, that was for you. Um, so Grody, I'm curious, like it, Nuggets or yeah. what was the what's been like the the arc of the Jalen Carter story, right? You talked to us about yeah. the craziness. Then he was gone. Yeah. Now he's back. Yep. What are people reading into him being back, or if so, what are they reading into the fact? I, that he's back? You know what? It was interesting because it was one of those things where, yep, he's he's back. I mean, he's nowhere to be seen. And I did ask one of the officials there. I said, "Any chance that he'll be talking?" And they said, oh, "I don't think so." So they they didn't completely shut the door. But there's no way we're going to talk to Jalen Carter. But it's pretty amazing. I, I mean, I was, this is you know, Lawrence was asking me if I've ever seen anything like this in covering the Bears or even the Cubs. I mean, like something like this where there is legal troubles for an athlete and. They go. They they are arrested and they are processed and then they're back in their car and in at Indianapolis or wherever the venue might be and they're and they're back to it. So I guess for his sake, for his sake, it's a good thing because he got right back in here. Nobody has deviated though from the from the fact as as of right now anyway that this will hurt his his draft stock. Um, so that was kind of the the buzz out there today. And, you know, with, with everything being so strange yesterday, the fact that he came back to Indianapolis today or last night or whenever he did, not surprising. Hmm. Okay. But Dave Wanstead told us earlier that he thought that represented well, that he came back to make himself available. Is he going no. to be available? Is he going to have to talk now that he missed his day? He said not to the media, but to the teams, obviously. Mm. Yeah, I, I disagree with Dave on that a little bit. I mean, I think he came back because this, this is his life. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he's, got, he's trying to get his. And so you could say that good for him to turn around and come back. Yeah. I think we'd all turn around and come back if we had the option and we were potentially a top five draft pick and you were going to make millions of dollars. Nolan Smith uh, story of the day in terms of the measurables today. The the ad, the DN from uh, Georgia. I was a four three nine. For yeah, one of them. four three nine as a DN. So he played on Jalen Carter's defensive line, and uh, he's a big boy. And uh, it's the it is the second fastest time by a defensive lineman since two thousand and three. Wow! So big boy. Runs yeah. fast, shooting That's, up the combat. Also, the, hey. d the defensive lineman, the interior D-lineman from Pitt, who's a little undersized, also ran like one of the faster D-lineman times, interior D-lineman times. I love that seeing. we're starting to get some of the, the times. Are you talking about uh, Kalijah Cansey by any yes, chance? Yes, sir. From Pittsburgh? Yeah, yes, I mean, sir. He, he is, yeah, he's right up there, man. I got him right behind Jalen Carter. Uh, and and six, he and he's like being talked about as I saw somebody yes. tweeting like oh small but athletic freak from Pitt. Hmm. Uh -huh. Get that Aaron uh, Donald flavor. Speaking of Wani, speaking of Wani, yeah. yes, yeah. You guys ever heard that story? You guys ever yeah. heard that story about Aaron Donald working out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, Aaron Donald is is has been 
the comp for him. So now anybody that's like a little bit undersized at that position, uh, they automatically become him. I mean, there's I, I know Parco probably is into to Brian Brissy. He spoke today. Um, out of Clemson, 6'5", 305, another dude that's really impressive. He has had some injuries that he has dealt with, so that's a problem, but he's a very talented player. Uh, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. Uh, Great shortstop. Terrific yeah. shortstop. Oh, yes. The, they, the Wizard of Oz is. Uh, Wizard of Moz, imagine. I thought Wizard it was. Wizard of Moz, yes. Yeah, Wizard of Moz. Out of uh, Michigan, so some people probably watched, got to Stop. watch him. I need to go play. home. I need to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You guys okay? I'm, I'm just I'm slap happy. I'm oh, slap okay, that's good. Happy. You had a oh, glass that's... of wine and some steak with Dave, yeah. and he's just. Apologies to all for my lack of professionalism. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, here's a, here's a great thing. Last night, went out in Indianapolis with a bunch of people, the, and we were watching the Northwestern game, and it, the, the group that I was out with included the two biggest Northwestern fans I've ever known in my life Kevin Fishbane. Mark. And Mark Carmen. Yep. Uh, it was just excruciating watching those guys. <laughs> like they're like eleven year olds. Like the way like that they have that kind of fandom. Like like Harm was circling the bar oh. and and it's an exciting game and wouldn't you know it? The Penn State Nittany Lions win the game on a wide open three in overtime. And guess what? The bar was already closed and they let us stick around in there. So there's like 15 of us like, oh, yeah, go cats, go cats. And then the the shot is made, lights out, Carmen and uh, and uh, Fishbane are commiserating. It was it was quite a scene last oh, night. God, <laughs> nauseating. Yeah, how dare I you still be there. fans? Yeah, Danny yeah, was you there. Were there. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I knew that. Yeah, of course. Everybody, you weren't down there. I was. <laughs> it was a great time. <laughs> it's a, fun, it is a fun time. You're right. Grody, talk to you tomorrow, man. Thank you, sir. Bye, guys. That is Mark Grody. He's been doing great work all week at the combine. Well, he's been doing work. <laughs> he's been occasionally. No, he's been he's been fantastic. Tomorrow, big day at the combine. He, he's he's been fabulous. No, quarterbacks, it, it, receivers. It's so great to have him there. Yeah, quarterbacks and wideouts tomorrow. And uh, we've got a, a, a lot of bunch of football guests tomorrow. Looking forward to, to Mark Grody being on uh, again. Hub Arkish will be on. He wrote about wide receivers today at Shaw Local. Looking forward to talking to Hub and Dan Weeder will come on to talk about the Justin Fields uh, article that he wrote, which is just in- incredible and in depth and important. Yeah, I got a thought or two on that. I'll give you because I'm not going to be here Good. tomorrow. And then uh, we answer some questions for one last thing. You start texting and twitching those in. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, which is so amazing and loved by everyone afternoons on the score so dan weeder's piece in the tribune today was one of his deep dives that he does a few times a year and it was really really good stuff uh it was it was a long read and i know you're gonna have him on tomorrow at three o'clock for polls position yes sir. Uh, i know he's on with lawrence today and he talked about about it a bit just a little though so that's why i'm looking forward to having him on our show and and, and dive deep into the piece yeah you know so it, it was like 10 parts it, w- it was very long what what i a oh, few takeaways that i had like it's a confusing spot like we're here we watched every play but when he has an NFL executive quoted as saying, it's honestly hard to wrap your brain around, end quote, about how bad the production was of the offense uh-huh. in spite of how 
occasionally breathtaking Fields was, and in the context of how Weederer quoted him, it was about how he could make incredible plays in the passing game, but he could miss the layups, but he could make all these incredible highlight throws, but like he didn't, like other guys didn't get elevated up quite enough, and they they had a great you know, five-game stretch in the middle, but they didn't finish the season strong. But part of that is maybe because guys were getting hurt or maybe the league was adjusting to him. And mm. what do you make of the whole thing in its totality when the glimpses of brilliance didn't – he didn't finish strong. It He finished horribly, but he was great in the middle of it. And so it's just, it was interesting to hear or read, in this case, coaches and executives, all anonymously, but still, uh, kind of look at him as a conundrum. They're like unbelievably difficult to game plan against, but he can't pass. And so are you really going to play? Guy said you're playing a game of chicken with your franchise's most valuable quarterback, you know, because he's Mm going to get hurt all the time Mm -hmm. running. It was just, there wasn't a consensus in the league about Justin Fields. And so it seems like Ryan Poles has chosen his lane. And it seems like overall the conclusion was, He's good enough to take a chance on and to build around. Right, with. like that. The way that we we talked about it sounds like it kind of fits. Like this is a perfectly acceptable starting point for an NFL quarterback, and you're lucky to have found that because a lot of times you draft one and you don't even end up with that. Correct, and you know, Rick Spielman was just talking to Grody, and you know, he said looked like a generational player if he was a little bit bigger. Well, he's not going to get a little bit bigger. He could add a little bit of weight. That was Bryce Young. About right? Bryce Young. Yeah, 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 yeah. About Bryce Young. I'm saying like in this draft. That was his number one, sorry, in, in number one quarterback in this draft. Yes. And so that's why it's like, okay, so there are questions about fields. And all of these people that are quoted in this story uh, talk about that. But then you still say, like, well, there's questions about these other guys. There's, there's no sure thing. So that's why they're going to go the way that they're going to go. Uh, but it, it, I found it interesting that he had people quoted as – not really being believers and other people as being believers and other people are being confused. Yeah. And it's like, I make fun of my buddy, Jeff Passan for spending a couple of years researching the arm, getting paid a huge advance, writing one of the best baseball books of the last decade, having to be 350 pages, trying to figure out how to keep the arm healthy. And at the end being like, and we still do, we we don't know. Well, it's a great comp actually <laughs> for um you know one of the top three or four conundrums in all of sports. Baseball can't figure out how to keep pitchers healthy, and NFL executives can't figure out how to scout quarterbacks. Yeah, right? it's like it's two of the big ones in in all of sports that people try to try to figure out. The way you're describing it makes sense um, because. He does miss layups, and he knows it, and he's got to make those layups. Um, it and also, he does need help. He, he does desperately need help. And no matter how many ways we parsed the conversation as we watched it, there ain't nobody out there. There was nobody out there oftentimes to help him. So how difficult it is Like if we're thinking about Wani's scale and we're looking for blue players that are helping him out or even red players that are helping him out on the offense, they're few and far between that, that you'd even consider. What's interesting is is they all have weaknesses and they ought to work on stuff. And what you do know is that he's going to work his ass off, ass off on stuff. And also what you do know is that he can take the coaching. He took it this year. If you're Getze and Eberflus and you're talking to Poles and, and Poles says, well, if you coach him up on this, is he going to learn it? Is he going to pay attention? Is he going to try? Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's big to yeah. know that about an NFL player because you don't always – 
know that. So, you know, it's an interesting negative to have that he's missing stuff, but the positive of that he's going to work on it and he's a good student is important. Do you see the nugget that came out earlier today? Doug Peterson says that the next step for Trevor Lawrence is leadership. And, hmm. it, and it made me think because, like, well, Trevor Lawrence has a ton of other stuff that we wish Justin Fields has. Like a, a yeah, feel, Fields has the leadership. A feel for anticipatory passing. Trevor Lawrence seems to have that. Um, a comfortable in sort of climbing the pocket or surfing the pocket as the way I think Weederer wrote it. Like, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has that a little bit more obviously. He's got everything you could want as a passer. But and, the leadership, is yeah. his coach openly saying he needs to work on the leadership. Fields has that. He definitely is. Isn't is, is it interesting? So, like, everybody's got their thing that they need to work on. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes has talked about that, like, even early in his thing, he was kind of getting by on improvisation and arm arm talent and Andy Reid's scheme and great playmakers around him. And I think he's being a little hard on himself because that first year was unbelievable and, and record-setting. Yeah. But he has talked about He's like, I'm a much better quarterback now than I was then because you learn you you can learn and do it different ways. It's uh they're in a they're in a very interesting position, a borderline unprecedented position. We've talked about that before, like having the number 1 pick and thinking you have your franchise quarterback but not really totally being sure. The Jaguars were sure with Trevor Lawrence had the number 1 pick and there wasn't a quarterback in yeah. that class, but like Fields being like right on that fault line and having it be where quarterback's going to go number one, yeah. it is a it is a unique spot. And if the Bears roster was better, maybe they would think, you know, let's get the cheap quarterback for longer. If the roster was better and more ready. Maybe, maybe you would roll that dice in that direction, but because the roster is so bad, it makes it that much easier. And again, because these guys at the top of the draft – have some question marks. Yeah, you know, the difficult truth that we'll have to admit is that now that the league has countered with stopping Justin Fields the runner and the Bears are going to help him get better as Justin Fields the passer and give him more, and we all hope it'll work, and I do believe that it's going to work, it might not. Oh, and it's it, right? definitely in play that it might not. Yeah, and, of course. And, and if it doesn't, in a couple of years, or even as soon as a year, when they have to make their choice about to pick up the option year or sign him, you might find yourself like the last few years of the Colts, where you like your roster and you like your coaches and you like what you're doing, but you want to drop a free agent quarterback into the mix. You know, I don't, I don't want them to get there, but those are the two ways it works in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be interested, you know, and again, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, but it, it I'd be interested in knowing, because he's a reporter, uh, but after talking to all of these people, what does Dan think? Does he think that it's the right, this is the right path? Because they're clearly doing it. They're, they're clearly trading the number one pick and building around fields. I wonder if he thinks it's the right thing to do, because he talked to people who seemed very hesitant about it, yeah. and he talked to people who really think that they that they should do it and that he's earned that chance. I wonder I wonder if he, if just... He's watched football. He's covered the league for a long time. Like I, I think what they're doing and going to do is the right thing to do. Build around Justin Fields. He showed more than enough potential and flashes that he deserves support, time, continuity, and help. You know, I, I think that is clearly. But I think there are really smart people that genuinely believe 
that there's a higher upside for some of the passing abilities of these quarterbacks in this draft yeah and that that's actually the path to go down so I'd be curious after talking to half a dozen coaches and general managers or whoever he talked to for that piece yeah what would he actually himself thinks about it because and was he surprised at how kind of split it was and because it seemed to me reading it that it was like this seems what the Bears are going to do uh and it is probably what the majority of the league would do would do yeah but it's not a no-brainer but it's not a consensus it's not a consensus and it's not a no-brainer I think that makes sense for the confusion that reigned and the conversation that needed to be nuanced that sometimes got too polar yeah. last year like that coming to that conclusion once you talk to everybody makes me think that those are not out of town stupid gms and coaches but they're people who watch and are dealing with what 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 we have become as a franchise which is the bears and i say we but we have a quarterback that is right there in the center of the mobile quarterback conversation well yeah and, and that's the thing the, the numbers you the numbers are what they are they were a historically bad passing offense yeah with the a histor- with a historically exciting playmaking quarterback yeah and not just with his legs primarily with his legs but he had the he had the number in here i i wrote it down i think it was 13 passing plays yeah 13 completions of 30 yards or more That's, those are bombs the, yeah you know what i mean like that 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 is, that is a big play ability in a relatively small sample, right now, not consistently enough. But you know, they, they, there was a story of uh, an anecdote in there was about like he was supposed to rip, rip it to Dante Pettis on a corner route, and you know he he didn't he didn't do it, and then he also missed the check down, and he took a sack in that Lions game, the last game of the year where he was, or the second to last game where he, his last game where he was terrible, and it was like, well, you're telling me you didn't trust Dante? It Pettis? wasn't. It was. I, I got right. I, I wonder that, that wasn't <laughs> written about, but like it, to me, that was like the elephant in the room with that anecdote it was like. It was Dante Pettis. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, maybe just maybe if it, if it's uh, Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnson or DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. he feels a little bit better throwing it out there. Mike Evans. Or Mike Evans or Devontae Adams. We will answer your questions for one last thing. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Just one more thing, please. I thought you had a clock to punch. I do. I'm leaving right now. It's time for One Last Thing. Let's let someone else ask a couple questions. I just want to ask you. And then we'll come back to you. One question. How about that? Let's let everybody else and we'll come back to you. Ask any question. I just want to ask you. For anyone on the show. Then I can figure out who I want to answer to. I don't need your help with that. I just want to ask you. One question. Does anyone else have another question first? I got a question. All right. I just want to ask you. Thank you. One question. One Last Thing with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. We like to end the show with your questions. You text them and twitch them in. Shane gathers them and asks them. We all answer. What do we got? All right, so we'll start internally from our own Cody Westerland. It's always so nice to see him in studio once a week, that lazy bum. He wants to know what score host or producer would make the best Chicago mayor and which one would make the worst. Wow. Um, a really good question. That is a really good question. Um, I think Lawrence would actually make a great Chicago mayor. I just he's I, always wanted to be an alderman too. Yeah, yeah has he? He, he, think, yeah. he talks about being an alderman. I, I think I think he's curious and passionate and would enjoy all the parts of it. So I'll say that. Yeah, Lawrence was the first one that came to mind because he talked about being an alderman. Bernstein's crazy smart. I think I think he'd be good at it. 
Obviously, I think I'd be great at it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think we, I think we got a few options yeah. here, frankly. I don't think studs could handle the pressure. <laughs> yeah. You know, of all the names that were racing through my mind, studs was yeah. not Adam Stadinsky does not yeah. have my vote. No, he would keep the Bears at Soldier Field for the next 50 years. Oh, yeah. And and, and he'd have fake Ashton Kutcher day. I yeah. mean, it'd be a problem. It would be, studs couldn't handle the pressure. Yeah, it'd be I agree. weird. I agree. Also, though, the best one, there's a possibility it could be studs. A lot of good things could happen. Not really. Tanny, who do you think? <laughs> well, Stutz would hit those phones hard. He now, whether would. or not he knows who the person is on the other end. Hello? <laughs> she's a pretty girl. Um, yeah, Danny would be awesome. He'd be great. Great man. You think oh, Danny wow. would be a good wow. man? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> Only because I would love to see him age to the course of <laughs> of the job. Oh, <laughs> man, that would happen fast. And, and deal with all the, the pressure. Yeah, I'd like to one. see him from day one versus the end. Like, But Lori looked the same and acted the same it'd be the weird entire to, time. i got to so. say, it'd be weird to see um, Adam Studzinski being mayor wearing Bears gear all the time. <laughs> yeah. Jimbo covert t-shirt jersey at his inauguration. <laughs> That's what would make him the best, though. He would get elected so easily if he just wore bear stuff to every time he was out there pressing the flesh. Is, is, is there a deputy deputy mayor? Do they do that, or is that just for governor? I, I don't know. Check the uh, Chicago well, he Sky. He would create one, and it would be Moose and Muhammad. Yeah, check the Chicago Sky Parade introductions. <laughs> Couldn't no. be Layla. Too many jobs, Mom. Yeah. yeah. yeah Too no. many jobs. No. Can't. It, it, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, from Empat seventy five, if you could only drink one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm gonna say iced tea, um, because I I want the caffeine, and I also find it very refreshing. Uh, I'm gonna say iced tea. Red wine. Oh yeah. So are we factoring in that if you only drank that for the rest of your life, you'd be drunk all the time, or is it like get rid of the after effects and only focus on the flavor? Flavored no. I mean, I guess you got to factor in everything. I mean, so water is like the correct answer to that question. But Probably, but then just iced turn tea into has Jesus water in it. Yeah. Glass of iced tea. Okay, how's that? That's TV talk, you know? Yeah. Water or wine? One of the two. Yeah, it has to be just regular water. I, I, that's a boring answer, but I think yeah, water. But you, that's what you yeah. need. Yeah, 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 I water. yeah, I think water's the right yeah, answer. Whatever. I, I guess if you modified it and said, this is the only thing you could drink, but there's no effects. Yeah. Like this is what you what's your favorite beverage if you could have that forever. Yeah, like put a little, put a put fruit in, a little little lemon, a little lime, lime some cucumber maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. sounds nice. No, I'm not yeah. a psychopath. Cucumber, no thanks. Oh. Not in the water. Lord. <laughs> Let me see if I can find another There's one. There's a lot here, of great huh? ones apparently. A lot of great Just questions. Find them. They're all out there. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> well, that empath one was from the text line and yep. then he's cheating. He put one on Twitch as well. Hey Danny, when you and Owen go for a walk, who leads? Do you often walk Owen, Danny? Omar is the dog. Yeah, but we're talking about Owen. The like, dog. you and Owen take, go for a walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Or if you're walking the golf course, who's leading? Is Omar still with us? Omar is still with us. The dog. The dog. Yeah, the dog is still with us. Well, it's a good thing because his love is everlasting. His life, <laughs> probably not, but his love is. Yeah. Uh, God, Owen... that would suck if you had a dog that lived forever. Yeah. <laughs> a dog's life is everlasting. I would love that. No! <laughs> uh, Owen is a... He both runs ahead and falls behind. He refuses to walk with you. Like he's a he's a he's a wanderer. He's an explorer. Better train him out of that. Just pull the leash. Yank that yeah, leash. Yeah, that's the key, right? You, were, right, never, you uh, were never a parent with like a leash parent, were you? No. Like those Disney World parents? No it's way. Crazy. On Twitch from Kevin Lapka. We just hired a young man from the Ohio State University. Kevin Lapka is his name. What was your go-to drink at the college bar when you were in school? Like a big, like rum and coke, Captain and Coke guy. 
crown and crown captain. Actually, I wasn't a big drinker. I was I was a stoner um, almost exclusively. Um, there was a Knickerbocker uh, beer in Boston was was a thing, so I drank some of that, but I don't really have one. Frankly. Thursday nights at Durkin's, three dollar pitchers of Miller Lite. We just go with all of our quarters and just get you know four pitchers a dude, and you just drink it right out of the pitcher. Mm, God, solo pitcher. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Need to wrap. Need to wrap. Tanny uh, did vodka cranberries. Well, I didn't have Columbia. a sip until my twenty first birthday. Neither did I. So but you, you were twenty one in college. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in college for a lot of my 20s. But... <laughs> so. he's, a, he's a doctor. He's a doctor of the, yeah, the NBA. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, um, uh, go listen to Steely Dan's Asia. Even if you're not a jazz fan or a Steely Dan fan, and listen to Wayne Shorter's saxophone solo. He died today, an absolute god of a sax player. And in the rock arena, you played with Steely Dan, and the solo is just freaking unbelievable. So go listen to that. Say it again. Which one? Steely Dan's Asia. Title track on that record. R.I.P. Wayne Shorter. Check that out. Tomorrow, you've got Marshall Harrison with you, and you've got Hob Arkish and Mark Grody and Dan Wiederer. Show's over. Man, a lot of football for you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll fill in the cracks with baseball. And... You know, some I just stuff. react to the football segments. But, <laughs> but we, I, I'll take my hand off the throttle. I don't know. Um, Enjoy the day off, man. You deserve it. Yeah. Best to you and your entire family and Brad especially. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thousand days for Brad today since diagnosis. Pretty mm-hmm. incredible stuff. Yes, Th- thank you to Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat and video stream. Thank you, sir. Dave Wanstead was on the show today. Thank you. And Mark Rohde. Shane Rudin, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill made us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins Spiegel. This is the score. Uh, I've got to get on a plane. Apologies to all for my lack of professionalism. Go. But uh, family first. All right. Peace and love. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.